0: What's up guys? Thanks for coming to our Kyle and Miss You podcast. Here you will find resources to help you grow in real devotion, real community, and real responsibility, so you can learn to love Jesus, not just for a season, but for a lifetime. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy. You guys might have heard me mention, when I was in high school, I played three different sports. I played football, I wrestled, and I played baseball. Being on three different teams allowed me, allowed me to make many different friends. But at that time, we <laughs> were closer than my family. Are you guys laughing at how mad I was? I wasn't happy back then. <laughs> Depending what sport I played, that season, they practically were my family. When the sun came up, I was in the gym working out with them, had classes with them, went to lunch with them, and when the sun was setting, I was walking off the practice field with them. They became my little family who I loved dearly and would do anything for. When high school was over, I hung on my cleats and my dreams of playing beyond high school were laid to rest. And unfortunately, so were most of those friendships. We all went our separate ways and honestly, hardly ever spoke to one another again. Out of all the friendships I had from sports, only a handful remained in close contact and only one was in my wedding. To this day, With a heavy heart, I could say that the friends I played sports with back in the day are nowhere near as close today as they were back then. Sadly, I'm not alone. Most of you can probably relate. After high school was over, some of you probably stayed friends with them for that summer or so, but slowly drifted apart. Some went off to college in a different state, others might have just made new friends and no longer had the same common interests as the others. If you are still friends with them, you could probably say those friendships are not as they once were. It is sad, but it is true. However, I don't think that is how friendship should be. That's not how God intended them to be. God intended friendships to be everlasting, and he tells us how in the Bible. Today, I'm happy to tell you, I think we've cracked the code. I think we have figured out how to become friends, not just for a season, but for a lifetime, and have a fellowship that spreads deep and wide. Today, the truism I'm going to be going over is fellowship and the four C's. It's not the most catchy, like I said, but allow me to expand. In Ka'afa, we like to say there are four parts to a healthy fellowship, which are the four C's. Have you ever heard someone say, do it for the fellowship? Yeah. What does that even mean? (laughs) Tonight, I'll do my best to explain to you what goes into fellowship and what the four C's are. So let me pray and then we'll get started. Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all the blessings you have given us. Lord, may your words be spoken tonight, Heavenly Father. May they not be my words. May we hear from you and may we just love you and give you everything you deserve. In your name we pray. Amen. Does anyone like superhero movies? Yeah. I do too. I think one of the best super ho- super, sorry superhero movies is The Dark Knight. Now I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, we all love Batman, but I'm not going to be talking about Bruce Wayne. Instead, I'm going to be talking about his best friend, the Joker. <laughs> now, my opinion, <laughs> the Joker is the ultimate villain, especially the Heath Ledger version. No, that's my opinion again. You can find me later for it. The reason I think he is the best villain and the most terrifying is because there's no way of understanding him. We don't even really understand where he came from. Everything that he does is anarchy and he just wants to see the world burn. Uh, There were never any constants with him. Every time we think he's doing one thing, he does the opposite. Even the other villains despise him because they don't understand him. For this reason, No one could trust him because he is so unpredictable. This brings me to my first point. A lack of common understanding creates a lack of trust with one another. If we have true fellowship, we are to have common understanding with one another. or trust cannot exist. As a Christian, we are to be unified with a common purpose of advancing the kingdom of God with unified hearts and minds. In order to be unified with that purpose, we need to have the common understanding that Jesus is king and at the center of everything we do. There are many things we can share a common understanding of. For example, me and all my friends in high school had the common uh, understanding of sports. We understood that we would give our 100% to try and achieve a goal of a championship. So during the games, because of this common understanding, we trusted each other. Uh, actually, Isaiah's here. We played football together. There was no chance we were winning a championship back then. Um, but we tried. C.S. Lewis put it, puts it this way. Friendship must be about something, even if it were only an enthusiasm of dominoes or white mice. Those who are, Those who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. But as I mentioned earlier, when high school ended and championship games, well, they never really started, but we're gone and the thing of the past unfortunately our friendships were too if you don't have a common understanding centered around Jesus it will never last and that's why me and Isaiah are still friends today (laughs) he is the same yesterday today and tomorrow and he's eternal to build a friendship on something that will end means that friendship will end when the common understanding ends Therefore, only building a friendship on common understanding of Jesus will last past a season and into a lifetime. Yeah, First Corinthians twelve, twelve through fourteen says, "For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so is so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one Spirit." For the body does not consist of one, only, sorry, of one member, but of many. Just like the friendships I had in high school revolved around sports, once the sport ended, so did the friendship. You see, the common understanding, uh, you see, once the common understanding ends, any friendship, so does the friendship altogether. That is why, if you have a friendship which is has a common understanding rooted in Jesus, that friendship will never end. We need to be of one body, and just as all the body parts work together, so we should work together to be of one spirit. And if we do not, true fellowship cannot and will not exist. Yeah. And this is the first step in fellowship and uniting as one. So what else does it take to have a true fellowship, you might ask? Well, hold on, I'll tell you. <laughs> in order for us to have lasting fellowship, we must have constant unselfishness. I have a, a confession to make to you guys. I am naturally selfish. I know it's shocking, but I am. Most days I have to fight the urge of thinking of myself and what I want. Unfortunately, the person I am most selfish with is my wife. And I have another confession to make, you guys, make to you guys. I love food. Before I knew I was diabetic, I consumed as much sugar as I possibly could. It was so bad to the point when they told me I was diabetic. I was like surprised, but not really. <laughs> I remember when they told me, I was like, I could see that. <laughs> like one year for small group, uh, we had a frying night. And that sounds exactly like, like that, that. Yeah, that's what it was. We got all the junk food you could think of and uh, we fried it. Honestly, it was it was the one, most wonderful and most horrible thing that we probably did and probably led to my diabetes. Um, if you really want to fry something, fry the smugger peanut butter thing, Th- those are good fry. Um But I'm not gonna tell you what else because you'll we'll get diabetes too. Uh, after that, after that small group, I didn't eat for a week and uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't. All this to say is I love food. So naturally, food is one of the things that I'm selfish with. When I first got married, on the days I would work late, I would tell her I was going home and picking up food and would ask her if she wanted anything. She would usually tell me that she was okay, but it took me a couple months to figure out that her okay is different from my okay. <laughs> if she said, I'm not hungry or I'm okay, I learned after losing much food that what she really meant was, I'm not really hungry, but I'll still have half of your fries and a couple bites of your burger, but that's it. Uh, and this just made me mad because it was my food. <laughs> but like I, So like I said, I was selfish with my food. And I remember just being so frustrated with her. And I told her, like, girl, if you're, if you're going to eat my food, just tell me and I'll buy you more food. Like, I'll just get you your own. <laughs> and I know that it's funny. But it's sad to think that I would rather spend more money to buy her food and her own snacks than just sharing mine with her. Now, this is only an, an, an analogy, but I hope you can see what selfishness, selfishness can cause. Selfishness is so different from what the kingdom of God looks like. Acts 4.32 says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. In the book of Acts, everyone was selling what they had in order to give to those who did not And like this scripture says No one said that anything Belonged to him um, Belonged to him Or his own Have you ever had a friend Who in any situation Picked the option that best benefited Themselves over anyone else If you have I'm sure you understand just how unsettling Selfishness is And the friendship probably didn't last that long But on the other hand, have you ever had a friend who seems to only care about your well-being and always picked to do the thing that benefited you or your other friends? I'm sure if you have, you have enjoyed hanging out with them more than anyone else. This is why Jesus laying down his life for us was the most selfish act ever and the most loving. Now, if I was only selfish with my food and didn't share it with my wife, I wouldn't be that bad right (laughs) however it doesn't really stop there in these moments of selfishness i failed my wife and didn't show her more of jesus but how horrible i could be please don't be like me love your friends do your best uh, do the best you can to choose to be selfless with them so tonight you guys get a extra or a bonus chiathism which is love is unselfishly choosing for the highest good of god in his kingdom we must love unselfishly if we want our fellowship to be like the one in the book of acts or even like jesus and his disciples who fellowship together if we do not have constant unselfishness we will not have true fellowship true fellowship cannot live if the friend is only thinking of him or herself but what happens if a friend does something that you think is selfish and hurts you what then When I was going through LTC, I still lived with my parents who live on the other side of town. LTC was early in the mornings and on campus. I had a friend who lived on campus and who had an extra room. So to not be late, I asked if I could stay the night before LTC, to which he agreed. And it was a great time for me. (laughs) Unknowing to me, I was annoying in the mornings. My friend didn't like waking up in the mornings and I would always wake him up to go to LTC like a good friend would, right? About midway through the semester, my friend, who was an RA at the time, told me that someone needed my mattress because they ran out and there were other, other tenants that needed it. I didn't think it was a big deal and told him I could just sleep on the couch. The semester continued, or sorry, the semester was coming to a close and so was LTC. And all the guys got together. Um, that were in LTC and decided to spend the night in his dorm in, to try to study all night and be well prepared for the final. As usual, when guys get together, there was more messing around than there was studying. We ended up in his room, and one of the other guys pulled back the covers and asked him, why do you have two mattresses? And I honestly didn't even catch it until he just yelled, shh. And then I just realized what he did. Yes, I realized my friend took the mattress I was sleeping on, and hid it under his mattress in order to get me not to stay in his dorm. I was honestly devastated and felt betrayed. Someone I thought I was genuinely friends with hurt me, and I'm sure most of you can relate to this pain. He later told me that he didn't (laughs) like me waking, he wouldn't like me waking him up in the mornings, and he wanted me to leave him alone, and that is why he took the mattress. Uh, hoping I would leave him or I would leave and that he was very sorry. Uh, just going off topic, if you, uh, if you ever think about doing that, just tell them, tell your friend the truth and tell them you don't like waking up in the mornings or something. You don't have to do that, but <laughs> after this, I had a choice. I could have been uh, angry and bitter at my friend and chose to see him as a horrible friend and think he was no longer fit to be my friend. Or I could have chose to see him as Jesus sees us, understand where he was coming from, have grace with him, and forgive and forget. The more I thought about it, the more I realized how horrible I am and how many times Jesus has forgiven me. And honestly, my friend hiding his mattress to avoid me didn't seem like that big of a deal anymore. My friend, if you're wondering, is Joseph. And... and, my wife didn't want me telling you guys his name but I didn't say his name because I want you to look uh, to think less of him or look at him different. But I said his name because I wanted you to see the path I chose to, um, and to see that you can overcome hurt with your friend and come out better friends because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph is my best friend and if you know us you know this to be true. Yeah. He was the best man in my wedding and has been there for me more than any other friend. If I, have, if I would have chosen to stay hurt with him, it would have led to bitterness. And bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. I, I didn't come up with that. Somebody did, but I don't know who. So, anonymous. If I, if I would have become bitter, I would have lost out on an amazing friend who I consider a brother. My son would have lost out on having an amazing uncle. And we both would have lost out on watching our kids grow up together and having countless adventures together. And can I let you guys in on another secret? That wasn't the first time Joseph and I hurt each other. And sadly, it wasn't the last and will not be the last. Friends hurt friends. It's inevitable. Uh, Because of sin, we are selfish. And most of the time, we choose what benefits us over our friends. Well, what makes good friends or even best friends possible is that we constantly forgive one another. Matthew 18, through 22 says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how many, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seven seventy 70 times seven. In order for us to be a community, community, that has a great fellowship, we need to assume the best in people. Like Like Jesus said, if your brother wrongs you, not only should you forgive him seven times, but 70 times 70, 70 times seven, sorry. Please understand that we usually pick up offense. If we never pick it up and assume that our friend didn't mean to hurt us, we will never be hurt. Assume the best of each other and communicate. Communication is usually key. If you just talk with your friend, you will see they probably didn't mean to hurt you. Matthew 5, 23 through 24 says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and uh, there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your friend, sorry, to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Matthew literally says, leave your gift at the altar and make things right with your brother. Yeah. If, you have, if you have anything wrong, just make it right. In other words, communicate. Also, if you communicate sooner rather than later, it will always save you from further hurt and damage. Yeah. We need to cons- consistently forgive one another. Without consistent forgiveness, fellowship will never exist. It will only be like every other friendship, that when one is hurt, they no longer become friends. So far, we've covered three of the four C's, so bear with me. We've got one more to go. On August 4th, 2018, I bagged a total 10. The hottest girl I know, my best friend of eight years, became my wife. <laughs> In a blowout fashion, we had a big wedding where I showed her off to all her friends and family, proving to them that my money was where my mouth is. <laughs> and I declared. I was spending the rest of my life with her. And on that day, I said yes to her, and I said no to every other girl. That, my friends, is called commitment. (laughs) And our last C. Now imagine with me, if I was the only one who committed to Raquel, and Raquel was just like, whatever, not only would I be a fool, but the marriage would not last very long. Because at any sign of trouble, she would be running for the hills. Just like it takes two to tangle, it also takes two to make a commitment. Have you ever been in a one-sided friendship where no matter how much effort you put in, it seems like they don't care? Well, sadly, these friendships are more common than we think. But like I mentioned before, these friendships will never last. Just as I committed to my wife and my wife to me, so we as a community need to commit to one another. Not literally, like we don't all need to physically go get married, because that's weird and kind of culty. But for better or worse, we do need to commit to one another and commit to love one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in order to do so, we first need to commit to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Matthew 16, 24 through 27 says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone were, would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever should save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will lose For my sake, will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the world, the whole world, and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Jesus is worthy of our commitment because he paid the ultimate price just to know us. He died a death we deserve so we may know him and his father. He is the friend trying, he is the friend trying everything in a one-sided friendship. And unfortunately, most of the times, we are the punk that doesn't text back or wants to spend time with him. If we do not first learn how to commit to Jesus, we will not know how to commit to one another. How many of you guys know that the most important thing to God is his people? From the beginning of time till now, God has been always trying to get to us, get to know us. God, seeing how selfish we are, chose to make a commitment to us. This is what the cross is. It is Jesus showing us how much He loves us, and as as said in Matthew, we need to take up our cross and follow after Jesus. This means that we need. This means that we commit ourselves to our fellowship with him and with others. Common understanding is that Jesus is king, common unselfishness is you before me, and constant forgiveness is not taking offense, but seeing the best in them and choosing to forgive them when they don't live up to their best. We must see Jesus for who he is, and because we love and commit to him, we in return love and commit to what he loves which of course is his people does that make sense yeah. great so we need to commit to one one another but first we need to commit to jesus without commitment there can be no true fellowship so what do we do uh so how do we commit to one another in a large group like this we spend time together thursday nights small group nights go get ice cream with each other, go out to eat. All these things build our commitment to one another. We also have one another's back. I don't let people say rude things about my wife or my friends without defending them. If we want to make a commitment to our friends or to our fellowship, we have to choose to honor one another even when our friends aren't around. I know that keeping and maintaining common understanding, constant unselfishness, constant forgiveness, and A and commitment is not easy. However, Jesus never said it would be easy, and that is why He guides us and helps us navigate through life and these four seas. In 1 Corinthians one through9, or sorry one nine, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are extremely lucky that God has called us to this fellowship with his son, and that we get to see the ultimate fellowship with Jesus, his father, and the Holy Spirit. And I am extremely grateful that I get to partake in this fellowship with you guys. And I truly believe that if we successfully live this truism out, we will have a community like the book of Acts and one that this world rarely sees. I'll pray and we'll be done. Jesus, will you help us be better friends, Lord? Lord, may we just have a true fellowship with you, with the friends in these communities, and may we not stop there, Lord? May we just long to bring more people into this fellowship, Heavenly Father. May we long for more people to know you, May we, long, may we long to just understand you and know you better, Lord. We love you so much. May we take these things to heart and may we just continue to try to listen to what it is you are guiding us to. In your name we pray, amen.